Father, we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. The takeover part two, just do it. Just do it. You've got your sermon notes there. Our theme scripture for the year, Joshua chapter 1, verse number 9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're in your sermon, if you're in your app, just look at the sermon notes and you'll see today's tab there, March the 10th. You can open it up and follow along with me. I want to get right into the word of the Lord today. We're in a season where God is requiring us to just do it. The season of saying what you're going to do, the season of thinking about what you're going to do, the season of making plans and, and, and all of that is that 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 season is over you should have already done that you should already be prepared to cross over you should already be prepared to move at a moment's notice to get to the other side just do it when we think about Joshua here in chapter number three um, Joshua doesn't wait he responds immediately to the word and to the report of what is given to him. The two spies bring back a good report, not just a good report, but they bring back a good word. Joshua responds to that word by simply saying, this land belongs to us. We know that the land belongs to us because the report confirms that the land belongs to us. They already know that we're coming. We established that on last week. Your enemy already knows who you are. Your enemy is already aware that you should be preparing to take over. Your enemy already knows your name. Your enemy already knows what type of Jordans you wear. Your enemy already knows what type of Land Rover and Range Rover you drive. Your enemy already knows what type of furniture you got in your house. Your, your enemy knows everything there is to know about you, so there is no reason to hide. There is no reason to be sitting somewhere complaining and acting like you got haters. Come on, I need you to say, I ain't got no haters. Come on, see, I ain't got no haters. I don't have no haters. They, they already know everything that they need to know about me, and they already know that I'm powerful enough to come in and take over everything that belongs to me. Your enemy already knows, so you don't need to start fasting again. You don't need to go back and, and, and do all of the stuff that you've been doing for years. You're just in the season where you need to just do it. Somebody say, just do it. The moment arrives in life where we have to just go for it. We have prepared and done all the things that are needed to succeed in our lives. Now it's time to move forward to seize the opportunity to make it to the next place in our lives. So allow this season, so allow this to be the season in your life that you go for it by doing whatever it takes. Take some, take some time and think about what opportunities that are before you. Don't waste another moment. Don't waste another moment thinking about it or praying about it. Simply get up and make it happen. Let's talk about how it's going to happen. How's it going to happen? You got to just do it. Look at somebody and say, just do it. Just, just do it. Just do it. You, you got to think about it no more because you already know that you've been called to do it. 
you already know that it's your assignment. You already know that God is, has already spoken to you. He, he's not going to speak to you any better than he spoke to you the very first time. He's not going to say it any better. He's not going to give you another sign. He's not going to send a prophet to confirm. No, 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 no. You don't need anybody else to tell you that God, God has already spoken, promising your life, and that you are in a season where God is expecting you to take over what belongs to you. God is expecting, and the grace on your life requires that you respond now. Bishop, Bishop Walker, our, our, my, my pastor teaches the NOW acronym, No Opportunity Wasted. He teaches us that your opportunities in life creates your now moments. Your opportunities, the, the opportunity that you have today will create a lifelong moment for your generations. The opportunities that you waste will affect the lifelong moments of your generations. The lifelong moments that you encounter Always go back to the opportunities that you seized in your life. How many of you are sitting in front of a major opportunity right now? Lift your hand. Lift, lift your hand. Lift your hand. Lift your hand. You got a major opportunity. What, whatever it is, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. Everybody should have lifted their hand. Why? Because the opportunity is for you to prosper. If you don't have any other opportunity in your life, you have an opportunity to prosper in your life. How many of you have have a major opportunity in your life today I want you to lift up your hands you've got a major opportunity guess what you need to respond to the opportunity right now what is it going to take for us to just do it now when we look at Joshua he does several things he does three major things that calls causes him as a leader to gain the honor and the respect of God. And as I was reading on yesterday, I, I begin to just cry. And I begin to repent before the Lord because I, as I was reading and I was studying it, the, the, the words of, of, of the books that I was studying begin to say that if you are one of those that are just sitting and always asking God to do, then you're in a place of sin in your life. There comes a moment in your life well, you got to stop praying and get up and just do it. Regardless of the outcome, just do it. See, see, we were taught in the old school church, wait on God. Wait on God. There comes a season where you got to stop waiting on God, where God wants you to stop waiting on him, where the Spirit of the Lord wants you to stop waiting on him, and he's waiting on your natural man to get up and just do it. Whatever it's going to take, get up and just do it. Here we are, number one. If you're going to just do it, your response must be now and not later. Later is a spirit of delay. Later is a spirit of procrastination. Later becomes later. Later becomes one week. Later becomes a month. 
later becomes six months, later becomes a year, later becomes three years, later becomes ten years, later becomes your whole life, and now everything about your life is set up on later. I'll get to it later. I'll get to it later. Joshua understands that his response to this two spies report, he has to respond now. I, I need to just do it. I, I'm already prepared. I've already given the word, but I'm already prepared. The people are already prepared. The army is already prepared. So what do we need to wait for? We need to respond right now. Joshua sets the pace and the attitude within the people by being prompt and decisive in executing his now moment. Your response gives you, and here it is, that this represents a leader's example of stewardship and diligence. Your, your ability to respond to the opportunity, to the now opportunity, has everything to do with your stewardship and diligence of what God has assigned you to possess in your life. I need you to get up and go do this. You've got to be diligent and you've got to be a steward in responding to the now and creative relevant moments that are taking place in your life. If you're going to, if you're going to win, you've got to know that you've got to respond now. You, you, you've got to respond now. You, 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 you can't wait until you get in the battle to respond. You've you got to respond now so that when the battle comes, you're already prepared for whatever comes. I'm already in place. I'm already packed up. I'm already ready to do what God has called me to do. Joshua arises early in the morning. How does he respond? He, he arises early in the morning in preparation to cross over the Jordan. Our preparation in advance grants us the courage to respond to our now opportunities that stand before us. Remember, there is no time to rest, to rethink, doubt, or delay what God has promised us. Move now and allow promise to be fulfilled in your life and generations. Our now response will push our children to follow our lead just as they did for the children of Israel. See, here it is. The children of Israel follow suit in what Joshua did. Joshua makes the first move by doing what? He arises early in the morning and he sets himself in front of everybody by saying, it's time to go. If we, as the former generation, never release the faith of just doing it, the next generation won't do it. They'll do what they believe they're supposed to do, but it has nothing to do with the plan and the will of God for their life. Why? Because they're just looking to do something. They, they really don't know what to do because we've never moved in the dispensation of just doing it. Why do you keep asking God over and over and over and over and over and over and over? Do you know why you keep asking him over and over? Because you yourself have become lazy in your spiritual walk with God. 
and you're waiting on God to send you a big ship. You're waiting on God to send you a helicopter. You're, you're waiting on God to, to rain down millions of dollars and you're waiting on, on to hit the lottery and you're, when you already have it in your hands, just doing it will prosper you in ways that you can never imagine. You just got to do it. You got to do it. Imagine if Joshua would have just sat there and waited. No, 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 no. See, sometimes you don't have to wait on God to tell you to do it. When he's already giving you the word, you, you don't just have to sit there and wait on God to say, all right, the light is green, go. No, no, sometimes you have to anticipate that the light is getting ready to turn green and you've got to be prepared to get across the intersection to your next destination. Don't allow delay. Stop hanging around people that you got to go and get their approval of what you should do. Mm. We don't see Joshua sitting here saying, well, I got to go pray to Moses and he's dead. And what is mama going to say? And what is everything? To heck with what they're going to say. You need to just do what God has called you to do, period. If they don't like it, they'll get over it. If they don't get over it, then just deal with the fact that you ain't in my corner, but I need to do something for myself. I need to do something for my generations. Joshua understood that his chances to cross over the Jordan were now or never. Come on, say it's now or never. He also understood that doing it in the morning gave him the greatest chance in moving his people into place so that at a moment's notice, they would be in place to cross over. Sometimes you got to look at the season that you're in. Sometimes you got to know how to, sometimes you got to know how to finagle yourself when the enemy has already said, we're going to get you. But then sometimes you got to know how to sneak attack your enemy. You got to know how to be in place. That when God says move, you're already moving. You're not starting to move. You're already moving. I'm already in place. I'm already at the edge of the Jordan. I've already got my things packed up. I've already prepared provisions in my life. How many times have we aborted our now moments because of a lack of urgency and awareness that our time is now, number two, to just do it. Your ability to follow anointed leadership is so important. To follow anointed leadership. Joshua understands that God has assigned specific and anointed leaders to lead the way. The ministers must lead the way. The people, the fathers, the mothers, the parents, the uncles, the aunties, the cousins, the teachers, the policemen, the judges, the politicians, our communities were responsible for leading the way. Responsible for leading the way. Responsible. Responsible for leading the way. Joshua says, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, with the Levitical priest carrying it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Joshua commands the people to stay at a distance so that they could be led to a place where they had never been. Also, by following the Ark of the Covenant, it granted them room and availability for the priests to lead them into their promise. Here, here, 
here we are, there, there comes a point in life where you have to allow someone to lead you to a place that you've never been before. That's why connecting to your church is so important. That's why connecting to your pastor is so important. Your connection to the Holy Ghost, your connection to the Spirit of God, your connection to those that have been assigned to lead you are so important. Why? 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 I, I really want to just exegete this this moment here because it says uh, it, it, why did they have to follow? Why did he say stay at a distance? Because he says that. He, he says I need you to stay at a distance. I don't need you to be up on the presence of God. I don't need you to be up on the shoulders and, and the backs of the priests. I, I need you to stay within 2,000 cubics. Almost if you really want to bring that into today's terms almost somewhat close to a mile away. I need you to be, 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 I need there to be so much separation between you and the movement of God. Because in our natural mind, I was taught that you need to be so close to God that when he speaks that you can hear him, but that is true. But then there's a moment in your life where God wants you to have some separation. Because God don't just want you to hear him, he wants you to see him. And sometimes you can't really see when you're up close. Sometimes when you're up close, you see too many flaws. Sometimes when you're up close, your vision is blurry. Sometimes when you're too close, you're too close. He says to them, I need you to remain at a distance so that you're not anxious to figure out where you're going. But if you remain at a distance, God is going to lead you to a place where you've never been before. Distance will allow you the space that you need to see where God is leading you. The unfamiliar. When you talk about that unfamiliar place, I need to know where I'm going. I need to know where I'm going. If I don't know where I'm going, then I, I just don't know if it's God. And, and, and if God don't tell me, then I just ain't going to move. And, and, and if God don't show me a sign and God don't give me matter, and God don't do this and God. No, 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 no. God says shut up and just remain at a distance and keep your eyes on me. Because I've already told you that what I'm, where I'm taking you, it belongs to you. You just don't know how you're going to get there. All you know is you're going to cross over. But, but, but here it is. Following God as a, at a distance was a reflection of their honor and reverence for the presence of God. Hear this. Many times in life we feel impressed to be so close to God that when things don't go our way, we make our own plans to go around God. It's like when you're following an emergency vehicle. By law, you are required to stay at a distance of about probably 500 feet because you never know when the driver of that vehicle will make a sudden stop or an abrupt turn. Following the presence of God at a, at a distance is the same way we never know when God, when God, the driver, is going to stop and make an abrupt turn in another direction that we are not aware of and being too close can cause unnecessary spiritual accidents. 
How many times have you been so close to God that when he made an abrupt turn in your life, he went another direction that you were never planned for. It knocked you completely off course. Bamboozled, discombobulated, all twisted, jacked up, mad at God, don't want to talk to nobody, don't want to have no friends, don't want to come to church, don't want to pray because you were too close. Too close. Sometimes being too close will cause you to rear end the plans of God. And if you all notice by law, no matter what the person is doing in front of you, if you hit them from the back, even if it is their fault, you're in the wrong. Why? Because you didn't have enough space. You, 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 didn't, you didn't honor the person that is driving that they may forget that their turn is right here and they just turn. And because you're too close, you cause an accident. Now you bring injury to the other person in front of you. You bring injury to yourself. And now your car is total. Your, your vehicle is total. Your life is total. Your, your relationships are in shambles. Your finances are in shambles. Your health is in shambles. Why? Because you were too close. And Joshua understood that we cannot be too close because there was a law that when it came to the movement of the ark that nothing should be near the presence of God. Sometimes when you're too close to God, you try to touch him and tell him, no, go this way. And you bring death to yourself. Because you're reaching out and you're touching something that you should not be that close to. You, you got to understand, you cannot just touch God any type of way just because you're close to him. Just because you're walking in faith. And just because you pay your tithe. Just because you're praying. He's still God and you need to learn how to reverence the presence of God as you're moving into your promise. Don't be anxious to reach out and touch him. If it's going to fall, let it fall. Because guess what? It ain't you that's falling. It's the plan of God that's falling at the right place where he wants it to fall. Mm, come on now. It's the plan of God for it to fall right there. It's the plan of God for him to turn right there. It's the plan of God for him to make an abrupt stop. But if you're too close, you'll never be aware of what's happening. Space creates urgency <laughs> your space creates opportunity for you to follow God your space creates the opportunity for you to learn the lessons along your journey I, I can see that it's moving this way and I can see that it's going this way and I can see that it's a little rocky so because I'm behind I can begin to pray come on Lord you're leading me now you can't fall now. You can't, can't turn around now. I, I got to keep trusting you and I got to keep depending on you. Got to keep in mind that we're not leading ourselves. Remember, God wants to have full control of every step in your life. Remember it. The steps of a good man are ordered by God. Number three, just do it. But to do it, your willingness to consecrate yourself is going to be vital. Joshua knows that prayer and submission are required to fulfill this moment in the lives of the people. The people must create an atmosphere of purity and worship before God. As you look at all three points, 
Joshua sets the pace as the leader to be a good steward and to be diligent and being prompt and precise and decisive about making this opportunity come to pass. Number two, we can see that the priest, those who have been assigned to carry the presence of God, those who have been assigned to carry the presence of God have now gone before the people to lead them. And then now Joshua comes back to the people and he says, you have a responsibility yourself, not just to prepare your provisions, not just to prepare to cross over in three days, but I need you to consecrate yourself. If you're going to do it, you cannot do it any old type of way. You've got to do it with the intentionality of consecrating yourself. What, what does that word consecrate mean? It, it means to dedicate. It means to set apart. It means to make holy, to be holy, to, to, to have the reflection of the likeness of God's holiness, to consecrate yourself, to be intentional, to be prepared for great and mighty things to happen. Why does he say that? Joshua says to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. you your, your consecration and, and your separation is in preparation for great and mighty things to happen in your life. He's going to do wonders among you on tomorrow. Come on now. Uh, today I'm going to consecrate myself because by tomorrow morning when I wake up, the wonders of God are going to be so powerful in my life and in my house because I've already stepped out to do the will and the plan of God. I, I've erased procrastination. I've ridded myself of laziness. I, I've ridded myself of just sitting around doing nothing and not allowing my faith to be activated in my life so that I can do what God has called me to do. You need to consecrate yourself. The accurate awareness in Joshua's leadership is seen through his remembrance of the Levitical laws of Moses to have the children of Israel consecrate themselves. This proves that he clearly understands the seriousness of the opportunity to move forward in their promise. Hear this. Our intentional moments of consecration are reflected through our prepared times of prayer, worship, and the study of his word. Joshua says to them, consecrate yourselves. And it reveals the reason of why their consecration is needed. Be prepared for great and mighty things to happen likened to the children of Israel, expected miracles. Come on, say, my expected miracle requires appointed times of consecration. Come on, say it again. Say, my expected miracle requires a right now appointed time of consecration. 
We're in a season where God is requiring us, where the presence is requiring us. Let me make that clear. The presence of God requires the expectancy, the anticipation, the plan and the purpose of God requires that we consecrate. Consecrate your mind. Consecrate your conversations. Consecrate your thinking. Consecrate what you're watching and what you're putting into your system. Consecrate yourself to a point to where you're using all of the available tools that you have to prosper. Can, can I give it to you? Can I just bring it home here? You have no excuse to be without the Word of God. The app that you're looking at is full of the Word of God. You should never run out of the Word of God. You got 60-second devotionals. You got a podcast that has, all of, that has about 30-some teachings on there. You've got your own Bible on there where you can go and do your own study. You can create your own Bible journal. You can create your own Bible reading. You, you've got sermon notes. You, you've got everything that you need to consecrate yourself as you prepare to prosper for promise. You've got no excuse. You've got no excuse all you got to do is just make sure that your phone stays charged and that you keep your charger and that you can plug it into the wall. When everything else goes out, your church is right in your hands. You don't have to wait until you get the church to ask me to pray for you. You, you don't have to wait till you get the church to lift your hands. You, you can just lift your hands right there and begin to say, God, prosper me. You have every tool that you need to prosper. Every tool. When you're going through in your finances, you can just pull it up on your phone and, and just say, Lord, today is my last day of ever being broke again. T today, I ain't about to deal with this today. I'm walking in full financial recovery. You, 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 you're going through in your life. I'm going through in my faith. You can go right to on-demand TV and hear us talk about faith. You ain't got to go listen to T.D. Jakes no more. You ain't got to go listen to nobody else no more. You got it right here at the Rock Church on the same level. On the same level, same grace, same anointing. My God, same power. Everything that you need is right in your hands. All you got to do is just do it. Come on, lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. I don't even really want you to stand right now. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to begin to see the opportunities that God has placed in your life. Come on and see the opportunities that God has brought in your life. What are those opportunities? Come on. Why are you still sitting there? Why are you operating in delay? Why are you operating in procrastination? Come on, say, Father, forgive me for not moving when I should have, 
But today is the greatest day in my life that you've given me another opportunity to be great, to be mighty, and to be strong. You've given me another moment that will create my next relevant, innovative, sustainable, and kingdom-minded moment that'll push me across the river to possess the land that you've given me to possess. Today is my last day of ever being lazy, daydreaming, lackadaisical. Today is the greatest moment where I take responsibility and I become accountable to doing what you've called me to do. And that's crossing over into promise in Jesus' name. Today is my day to seize a now moment in Jesus' name. Amen.